Miss Hayes seemed a little upset. Miss Hayes is always a little upset. She'll get over it. You'll see. She'll come crawling out of there before you can say, Get out of here! She's nuts about me. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now, this is going to take several years, as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's Let's get get started. Hello and welcome to Moonlighting the Podcast. I can't believe we're up to big man on Mulberry Street, Shauna. I am so excited about this episode, Grace, and a lot of anticipation for this one. It's definitely one of the crown jewels of Moonlighting. It first aired on the 18th of November, 1986. It was directed by Christian I. Nyby II. It was written by Karen Hall. And the guest stars, Sandal Bergman as the dancer, Marilyn Jones as Tess, Andra Ackers as Mrs. Kendrick, Betty Maguire as Aunt Rosemary, Rick DeComan as Rick. Oh, he had his own name. Bill Applegate as Bill and Alan Katz as one of David's other friends. Uh, Michael Laskin yeah. as the dancer and Radu Gavor as the taxi driver. Okay. So firstly, I'd like to thank Moonlighting fans for being so patient because there's been a delay with this episode for a couple of weeks. So our lives have been a bit crazy at the moment, and um, we finally got around to doing Big Man on Mulberry Street, which we've really been looking forward to doing because it is an iconic episode. So thanks, everyone, for your patience. Yes, thank you, everyone. All right. Do you want to start? Sure. Sure. Sure, I can be sure. Oh, sure, I can be sure. Sure, I can start. <laughs> Well, you know what? I don't even think we can say that because on Hulu, okay, this is actually, this is the first podcast that we've been doing, Grace, since um, Moonlighting came out on Hulu streaming. Of course, it is too, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things, and we will do a a separate podcast about this um, because, you know, a lot of people have been asking, um, but are the music changes? And I do believe this is one of them. Starting out with good morning, good morning. And, you know, they're making the eggs and, and cooking the food, um, how Big Man starts. I think they've got a different song on over that on Hulu. So is it just sort of generic music or is it a particular music to a song? From what I've heard, 
like we said, a bigger discussion on another podcast, a separate podcast, but they tried to um, pick music that was very similar to what was already playing there, but it just can't be as recognizable because uh, the music rights and the expense of that. So I haven't really taken note of every single replacement song. You know, I just know that it, um, it's been changed, but you know what? I should double check that as I'm saying it. But anyway, yeah, just uh, for us original fans of the show, the music is so ingrained in the different scenes of the show, right? So it's actually kind of telling that I start singing that song right as Big Man's starting. But then again, for newer fans, it doesn't really make sense because that's not the song they're hearing, you know? But I digress. So it opens up at a restaurant, they're cooking food. And it kind of pans from the waiter's tray into the dining room. So we follow the waiter into the dining room. And then um, as they were filling coffee cups and doing things at the table, we're hearing different conversations. So I wanted to ask you, Grace, about some of these conversations that we're hearing. The first one is about horse racing and betting. Tell me if you make anything of these conversations. The second one, is, it sounds like an agent and client talking about, you know, having an attitude problem all over town. Mm-hmm. Yep. You think uh, any of this was kind of a commentary on their own show? Yes, it's possible. Even the the betting, you know, like that six to an even over and out. I don't know. Sometimes there's betting references and stuff like that. I don't know if that's, that could just be a generic conversation that has nothing to do with moonlighting. But um, the attitude problem could maybe kind of reflect tabloid stuff for Sybil or Bruce at the time, I would say. Yes. Well, they do love making fun of themselves. So I'm I'm sure it has something to do with that. I think so. And then we get to Maddie and Mrs. Kendrick. And Maddie, you know, they want to refill her cup of coffee and she stops them saying um, six cups is her limit. So I guess that's kind of letting us know that they've been there a while. Yes. Now, first thoughts, just, uh, you know, watching the episode, this Mrs. Kendrick, her look. Talk about a hairdo from another century. Heaven's above. <laughs> and and her outfit and the jewelry, you know, and the flowing thing over the shoulder and um, yeah, the cigarette, yeah, she's um from another couple of decades ago, before that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, probably very Beverly Hills money, yeah, just stuck in another time, smoking at the table, absolutely, you know, wow. Wow, boy, would you get daggers <laughs> right now doing that? <laughs> yeah. But even outdoors, even if you're outside the restaurant and their tables, you still can't. <laughs> I know, so true. Yes. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. Um, anyway, um, Maddie's trying to uh obviously talk Mrs. Kendrick into, you know, staying a little longer and we're getting glimpses of their case that they're working on, which is her hearing is the day after tomorrow. She needs this evidence showing that her husband has either been hiding assets, having an affair, kind of a combo of those two things. And we find out they're waiting for David to show up with uh, some paperwork and pictures. That's pretty much the overview of the scene. Just going by what Jay Daniel has said, they shot this scene very early in the morning before the lunchtime crowd, or they had to be out before lunch, but Bruce hadn't turned up yet. But he says, when Bruce shows up late, he's actually late. <laughs> he was actually late that day. And yeah. he, he's not sure if they had to pay the restaurant because they were late or whether they got out by the hair of their chinny chin chins. But it was a very stressful time that morning to get all the shots done. Art imitating life, you know, 
real method acting that morning with Bruce showing up late and probably just, or he was hungover. And well, they probably left him the way he was without makeup, just have <laughs> the way he turned up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this restaurant was called High's Restaurant. Apparently it's no longer there and it used to be across the road from the then ABC headquarters, which is now at Disney. Okay. Um, yeah, so begins showing the kitchen staff working, preparing breakfast for their patrons. This is all done to the song Good Morning, which is from the movie Singing in the Rain. And then you see a waiter fill a big silver coffee pot. Then the camera follows him from the kitchen out into the restaurant. And there's some great hand acting here, don't you think, Shauna? <laughs> They're all like moving their hands and... Yeah, like touching things and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> obviously the director has said, right, I'm cutting off your heads. We're hardly going to see your faces. So it's it's got to be more your hand acting. Mm-hmm. The camera is low and it just travels. It's really, it's a great idea. Just getting mm-hmm. the feel of the restaurant and what people are talking about and so forth. As you said, the first two guys are talking horse racing. That first guy, he's been in Moonlighting before, but he's not credited at all in this episode. What was the other one he was in? Well, I reckon he's the guy that got punched in the face by David in Lady in the Iron Mask. That guy who got punched in the face in Lady in the Iron Mask was also in Sam and Dave because he was the petrol station guy. Yeah. So you think that's the same guy again? That's who I think it is. Um, now it goes to the second table, which is this guy. Yeah. As you said, it was, he's obviously her agent and Uh then you've got the actress. Yeah. Who's that? Okay. Do you recognize the voice? No. I'm absolutely hundred percent positive. It's Mark Lono's voice from Money Walks, Maddie Talks. Hey, come on, come on. Don't get defensive on me. I'm being defensive. Yeah, you're getting that tone in your voice. Uh, now you got an attitude problem. It's all over town. Oh, okay. The, the male voice. So the guy, you really you think so? Yep, I really do. The camera goes past too fast to see who it actually is. I can't tell if it's him or not, but then it could have been overdubbed anyway. But that is definitely Mark Lono's voice. So the guy who played Sawyer. Yeah. But why would he play just a little tiny? I don't know. I don't know. But that's, I'm telling you, that's his voice. I know his voice. Okay. But I don't think it's a good idea. I'll tell you why. Why? Because it comes dangerously close to earning your 10%. Hey, come on, come on. Don't get defensive on me. I'm being defensive. Yeah, you're getting that tone in your voice. Uh, now you got an attitude problem. It's all over town. Let us know, Moonies, if you agree with me or not. If you don't, that's fine. But I really think that's his voice. So Maddie's trying to convince he- Mrs. Kendrick to wait until David gets there. But she's getting impatient because she wants solid evidence that her husband is hiding assets and that sort of thing. Obviously, there's yep. a divorce going through. I love this line that she says, if I can't produce solid evidence that my husband's pleas of poverty are a crock of what this coffee tastes like, I'm going to be forced to take the offer and that is not even enough to pay the gardener. I love how the writer has written, pleas of poverty are a crock of what this coffee tastes like. In other words, it's a crock of shit. <laughs> Crock of crap, right? Oh, crap. Right. Yep. Yep. They're so polite, these writers, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a crock. Maddie says they have photos of her husband on the yacht that he says that he sold. Photos of the Ferrari he bought for his girlfriend. The bill of sale with his signature on it. Hmm. And then we have a grand entrance of David Addison. <laughs> showing up a little bit rugged. He's with the Springsteen table. Yeah, I was wondering what he said. I couldn't hear it. Oh, okay. 
Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, yes, he's he's with the Springsteen table. So yeah, he's just kind of showing up very rushed. He's very much trying to get there, but he's very glib. He's not taking any of it seriously from the beginning, you know. <laughs> so he walks up to the table and what do we see? Typical moonlighting. He sticks his hand out and Mrs. Kendrick will not shake it. I <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> you know what, Shauna? We should have been counting those as well. I know. Yeah, it's, you know, that's something new through us watching it and discussing. That's not something I noticed too much, but it does happen a lot. Probably the fifth time, I reckon. Yeah. So Maddie's happy to see him, but quickly unhappy to see him because she realizes that he has not brought the pictures. The pictures that without which... <laughs> he obviously seems very surprised he hasn't done it oh those pictures would you settle for a thousand words i like that line that's hilarious yeah that's funny right so would you settle for a thousand words instead of the picture (laughs) (laughs) so mrs kendrick walks out she's had enough and david goes before you get mad and of course it's too late so she hits him tough table yep maddie storms out and we're out of the elevator. And they're still discussing the same thing they were in the previous scene. So they've, they've been talking about that all the way in the car, up the elevator, yeah, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so Maddie is, she was extremely angry in Symphony, but she's just as angry here. Mm, yeah. And we've got her just trying to get away from him, really. David following her down the hall, um, and she's just so mad about him not showing up when he was supposed to and um, leave me alone. I hate you. Yeah. Twice yeah. she says that to him. I hate you. I loathe you. <laughs> of course he has to yeah. tell her it was a big accident. And she said, what did a gin truck overturn? <laughs> yep. She's not having it. So they arrive at blue moon and yeah. good morning, Miss Hayes. And she gets a really <laughs> big sigh from Maddie. Yes, Miss Hayes. So that's it. You're just going to hide in your office and be mad at me? I'm not mad at you. I hate you. I despise you. I loathe the ground under which you burrow. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. He's an animal. He's a sloth. He's a <laughs> yeah, she doesn't hold back her words, does she? She really lets him know how she's feeling all the time, Grace. Um, and wow, she slams into the office so hard that <clears throat> things fall off the wall. I mean, this has got to be the door slam of all door slams, right? Oh, this is the door slam of door slams, definitely. If you're slamming a door and all the picture frames come off the wall, that is one hell of a door slam. And Agnes's uh, obvious question. Are you in trouble? <laughs> trouble? trouble? Me? <laughs> Trouble's my middle name. I laugh at trouble. I tickle trouble under the chin. Poor Agnes says, but Miss Hayes seems a little upset. <laughs> Miss Hayes is always a little upset. She'll get over it. You'll see. She'll come crawling out of there before you can say. Oh my God. Like I think Sybil was really letting off some steam that day. She sure was. (laughs) She scared me. Yeah. She really goes to town on that. Get in here. Oh yeah. Really angry. Nuts about me. I do love that line. Miss Hayes is always a little upset. (laughs) Yeah. She's always a little upset. She's always a bit upset about something. It's true. He's right on that. All right. So David's got to go into Maddie's office. Yep. He's been called into the principal's office. Into the woodshed. And she wants some answers. I want to know why you were late. Why you smell like you slept in a cesspool. <laughs> Whatever she said. In the cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> Making up the worst excuses ever. Like. Yeah. 
Because she's yeah. saying that that is a stupid lie. That is not yeah. a stupid lie. And I like how he mimics what she said. It's interesting how we've discussed before, was he there when she did her side of the cut? And yeah. he react to it because she said that is a stupid lie. And he goes, it is not a stupid lie. Yeah. And he sort of mimics what she says. My dog ate my term paper as a stupid lie. Of course we can still be friends as a stupid lie. <laughs> That's funny. No yeah. sale, huh? Not at half the price. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah. And another insult to him, Shauna. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe I'm a normal human being? That certainly never occurred to me. <laughs> And then we get to the heart of what really happened is he ordered six vicious virgins in a row and ended up um, on the floor of the bar with someone taking his pulse. That sounds pretty serious. Yeah. It's no wonder he looks the way he looks. David. And this is Uh, how she finds out, though, because he says it was an honest mistake. Haven't you ever heard of human error? She goes, yes, but how would that apply to you? (laughs) So he says, I'm talking about the everyday mishaps, like forgetting to set the alarm, Losing directions to the restaurant, waking up on the floor of a bar with a cop taking your pulse. And that's Mm -hmm. when she says, I knew it. Yes. One other line in there that I like where she says, smelling like a wine seller. And he says, more like a wine buyer if you want to get technical about it. That's right. I love that. That's so good. And you know what? That would pass right by you if you weren't listening because she sort of talks over that last bit. Mm -hmm. That's so Mm -hmm. good. That was good. But she's really unhappy because he doesn't seem concerned. He doesn't seem guilty. He doesn't seem like he's embarrassed. But he's like, what's the big deal? One night in two years, I drink too much, sleep too little and don't share at all. I just overslept. She goes to grab him by the scruff of the neck, takes him right across the room and bashes him against the door. I love it. Very physical. Very physical. Yes. Literally throwing him like out of her office. She wants him as far away from her as possible. Like she is tired of David at this point. She's sick of him. She doesn't like what happened this morning with the client, obviously, and all that stuff. I just want to talk about this next conversation that they have uh, about David being dependable and whether she can depend on him and what this conversation, how it relates to the rest of the episode. My question is, is David a dependable person? I think he is. I think he is too. Yeah, I don't think that he's so far from what we've seen let her down all that much. We've seen him in states like this before, um, like in Witness. You know, he's in pretty bad shape in Witness and he was passed out in the floor of his office and, and all, all of those things. But he gets on the job pretty quickly, right, in that episode. And he's always been there as far as we've seen for the work. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he's always there before her. The other episode was the next murder you hear when he dropped the bomb. <laughs> Yes, we've seen him in some pretty bad ways, but um, we've never seen him not show up for the job, let her down at work. He's usually the more of the driving force, like we've got to take this case, we need this client. Yeah. And he solves some cases. She does too. She has her you know, light bulb moments as well. But you know how there was one episode where I calculated the percentages of his, um, his, his solving a case? I'll yeah, have to get that going, Shauna, and see what his percentage is like now. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, it was Atlas Belched, I believe. Was oh, it okay. Atlas? No, no, maybe it was, uh, what's the episode where he asked for a raise? Sleep Talking then, Guy? Yeah, Sleep Talking Guy is where we calculated. She said, we've never actually solved a case. I think we figured out that he had solved at least one. 
or they'd kind of worked it out together or, but Maddie had solved quite a few. That she know? had too, but um, mm-hmm. up until that stage, it was an 11% strike rate. So it was pretty low, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll see what it is now. I'll, I'll work on that Moonies. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting. You can now go to coffee.com slash moonlighting the podcast. That's ko-fi.com slash moonlighting the podcast and buy yourself a door slam. Yes, that's right, a door slam. Some devoted Moonlighting fans have contacted us since we began this project to find out how they can support us. As you are well aware, Shauna and I do this with great joy and we have so much fun creating this podcast every week and interacting with you guys on social media and via our fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com email. So we would be ever so grateful for any small donation that you could make. Maddie would be proud. Okay, so this conversation, and after she throws him against the wall, and you know, well, the conversation goes on about that he he's trying to convince her that he actually is a dependable person, and that this is just kind of a, a fluke, a once a year thing, and um, it hasn't really happened before. And but her point is, which she makes a very good point, you know, what if she decided not to show up today? You know, it's like she is always there, like even. Well, so far, she's always there. Yes. Um, you know. <laughs> Tongue in cheek. <laughs> she is the dependable one. You know, Maddie's going to be there like 100%, you know, and maybe there's not a 100% chance that David's going to be there, I guess, even though we've, I don't know. That's part of my question. Is David a dependable person when it comes to work? That's one thing. Anytime they have conversations like that, is Maddie thinking not only about work, but about life as well? Like, is this a partner I could depend on outside of the office? And when David doesn't show up and he's hungover and looking like the wrath of God, is she thinking this is not somebody that I could marry and be with? Um, well, I'm sure she's taking that into account as well. Because yeah. if he's not going to be reliable the way he is, how he shows up, his behavior, if he can't fix his behavior at work, how's he going to be in a normal relationship? Might scare her a little bit. Yeah, I think um, even though she's got feelings for him, she's like, I can't live with a guy like this who does this, shows up like the wrath of God and smelling like a wine cellar. You know? I know. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Embarrasses kind of clients and things like that. And then the other part of it is how it relates to the rest of the episode. She's so mad at him. She wants him as far away from her as possible. She can't depend on him, she says, yet she flies all the way across the country. Yeah. So it's like Maddie's kind of torn, like we're saying, if she takes into account, I can't be with a guy like this in my personal life, because that's not who I see myself with someone who just drinks so much that he passes out on the floor of a bar and has their pulse taken and shows up late and like, not dependable for clients and stuff like that. Yeah. How's he going to be a family man if she's thinking like that? But once she learns a little bit more about David, which we'll, we'll get to soon, she is chasing after him. So she's kind of torn. Yeah, I think she's torn. She's probably feeling a little bit bad about how their conversation went in her office, how angry she was, even though I'm sure she still feels the same, that it's her business, he's an employee, and he should be behaving like an employee should. However, after she's dragged him across the room, bashed him into the wall and, you know, screamed at him and screamed at him to come into her office as well, she's probably thinking, oh, oh dear. She feels bad now because, you know, obviously what she finds out later. Yes. The conversation between them continues. And David is like, you know, I am a dependable person. You can count on me a great deal of the time. I'm sick of you. I'm sick of not being able to depend on you. You can depend on me. 
a great deal of the time. <laughs> well, I think what he says is true. I agree. I think I think he's being honest. You know what? A great deal of the time you can rely on him. There's just those little moments where he <laughs> doesn't quite <laughs> fit the part mm-hmm. of a, a professional uh, private investigator at Blue Moon. <laughs> She says the same thing as she does in, um, I think it's the next murder you hear or gunfight when she, you know, she says, why do I bother? Why do I put myself through this? And, you know, why don't I just give up and accept the fact that you mm. are incapable of acting like a responsible adult? And how she kind of describes him in like all creatures and stuff like that, like the gyroscope, you know, he's a rebel without a clue. And But as we know, and as we learn later as well, this side of him is kind of what she loves about him too. She doesn't want him to change at the same time. And that's clear in My Fair David when she wanted David back. That's true. Yeah. So she gets mad at the side that she doesn't understand the more impulsive, spontaneous, irresponsible side. But it's part of what makes David David that kind of like keeps her on the edge of her seat a little bit. And when that conversation is over, you know, back to your point, when he walks away, when he says, well, I'm definitely done listening. um, And he walks back to his office. She has a look on her face like like she's not too happy about how the conversation went. And that was a great end to the scene because she's left there thinking, oh, well, she wasn't finished talking, but he was finished listening. So so the first reference was Springsteen. Here, um, so far, it's been Springsteen. Then he talks about Dolly Parton. He says, does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? The Broyhill dinette set, that's got to be like a reference to... Let's it's make good. a deal or Wheel of Fortune or, you know, or okay. something. Okay, well, I I researched that and the Broyhill Dinette said it's a furniture company, a furniture store, Broyhill. Uh-huh. But like how he was saying it, they were like giving it away on a game show or something like that. Yeah, because he says wrong. 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 Incorrect. You lose all your accumulated points and the Broyhill Dinette set. Accumulated points. I'm not sure what game that would be. But anyway, he's just making a reference to like some kind of game show. Could be credit card points, could be anything. He's just saying, you know, you've lost all your points. You got everything wrong. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. This scene, it's just full on. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, so David informs her that he is not incapable of being a dependable person. So this is where they have this debate. She's saying, okay, so you're saying that the way you are is a conscious choice. So what you're saying is that the way you are is a conscious choice. Conscious uh, being a relative term. I love that. (laughs) And this is not an unfortunate genetic mishap, but something that you work at. Right on, brother. (laughs) Right on, brother. Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? (sighs) You know what? I say that all the time, Shauna, when somebody says something to me. I'll go, does Dolly Parton sleep on her back? (laughs) (laughs) Gracism. Yeah, I know. And she's like, you were having better luck with the freeway story because these stories are just, you know, she just doesn't believe anything he says. He's throwing everything at her. And he calls her baby. He says, let me tell you something, baby. I think it's safe to assume that I've been down a few more roads than you. You mean stuff in a few more guns. I like his metaphors. And by now I've figured out which roads are for me, which roads are for other people and where the dead ends are. Can we bring this conversation to one? (laughs) I love it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I love how he just ignores what she just said. It's fantastic comedy. I love how they do that. And the fact that the way I choose to be differs from the way you choose to be does not give you any right to get on your morally superior high horse. Is that so? Yes, that's so. And that's when he goes to leave. And you know what? That's right. You know, he, he wants to live his life the way he wants to. She can live her life the way she wants to. However, we're talking about a work environment, David. So... <laughs> You can't bring that to work. If you want to do that on your own time, that's fine. You lie on the floor of a bar with a policeman trying to check your pulse, you know? (laughs) But I agree. When it comes to business, she's got to be able to depend on you 100% of the time. Yeah. Shauna and I decided to put our heads together once again to see what else we could do for our favourite TV show, Moonlighting, and all the Moonlighting fans. Then, ba-bing, we get this idea. Why not write a book? We began putting pen to paper and came up with Moonlighting, an episode guide. It's everything you want to know about each and every episode. We asked Moonlighting creator, Glenn Gordon Caron, to write the foreword, and of course he replied, Do bears bear? Do bees bee? I think that was a yes. Just like our podcast, we go in chronological order and talk about each episode in detail, and we've also included some photos from our personal archives. We take a deep look into everything that made this show so unique, such as Agnes Rhymes and the full original music credits for each episode. Did Bruce Willis really slip an F-bomb past the censors? In which scenes are Sybil's sneakers visible? But wait, I've forgotten the most important thing. What's the total count on the door slams of the whole series? Well, you'll have to buy the book to find out. Go to tuckerdspress.com to purchase your book so that you can watch an episode listen to the podcast, then read our review of the episode in the book. Phew, boy, have you got a lot of work to do. We will also place a link below in your show notes page of wherever you listen to your podcasts to purchase your book and keep it on hand because this is going to be your go-to reference for moonlighting. Now, Grace, question. Yep. Are they looking in the right direction? If you watch it back, it's pretty funny. Maybe they are. They kind of are. But um, David is sitting on the arm of Maddie's couch next to her door. He's really facing her desk. Yes. At some point during the conversation, you know, when they do a close-up of Maddie, she's standing in front of her blinds, you know, in front of her window. Yes. But he's kind of looking straight on and she's kind of looking, you know, it kind of works, but it doesn't exactly work Um, i didn't um focus on that that's very interesting yeah yeah it must be hard for them to put all that together you know because they'd have to really take note of where somebody's standing because it could be done on a different day 
he's doing yeah. his shot after she's done hers and it could have been the day before and they haven't taken note of where she was standing or yeah that happens a lot it does happen a lot i know yeah it's a uh, it's hard different takes different cuts um maybe a bigger scene maybe we didn't see all of it they cut some, you know, some of it down i think they're there together a lot of this scene i think these you know scenes in the office where they had the overlapping dialogue and everything moves so fast I think Bruce and Sybil, you know, they were there together for a lot of that. But then yeah. when they do close-ups, they're not always standing maybe in the place that the person would actually be looking. But of course, that's probably hours apart. So hard to tell. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But uh, that's um, why I really enjoy this scene. It's one of those scenes that they're in it a lot. And um, yeah, actually in the same cut, there's wide shots and everything. And I just love it. I know. It's a very classic moonlighting scene one of the great fight scenes where she's really physical with him we're getting deeper into the essence of their personalities um <laughs> what they expect what they expect from a partner and david says this is how i am and you're different and that's okay but not necessarily going to change and as we know maddie doesn't really want him to change all that much so yeah but in business he's got to be more reliable even though as moonies we enjoy him being like that it's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, we could understand in business. Absolutely. But he would have got the sack by now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when they're walking towards the door, you know, when she says, Well, that's kind of nice for the irresponsible team, isn't it? You count on the rest of us to cover for you, so you'll be free to do whatever you please. So they're walking towards the door, and she's saying that under his breath, he's going, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's just. Boy. Yeah. And he tries to open the door to leave and she just slams the door shut. So that's actually, we haven't mentioned it, but that's actually the third door slam so far. Okay. Bruce looks very tan. I thought that too. Yes, he is. He's been out in the sun again, Shauna. (laughs) Out on the beach. Yeah, probably. Probably a lot of time on the beach on his off hours. And he says, What if I wanted to pass out in a bar last night? Nobody would have stopped you. In fact, a lot of people would have helped you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. I'm laughing all the time on this episode because it's just so good, you know? <laughs> and who would have met Mrs. Kendrick for breakfast? And there's silence. He has nothing to say on that. He had nothing to say on that. What's the matter? Whitwell run dry? But it's interesting he says, yeah, I guess so. Am I excused? Am I excused? <laughs> he needs permission to leave the office from, from the principal. Yeah, it does like he's in the teacher's office or the principal's office. Yeah. He is getting pretty berated. I don't know if that's, you know, like we say, he's not being professional. I don't know if Maddie's being like super professional. Well, she's not being professional. Let's let's just say it, you know, yeah. she's physically pushing him around the office. She's screaming in his face. She's slamming doors. She's As a leader, because I've been one and that's not appropriate behavior either. <laughs> exactly. They've got their own style of that's communication. <laughs> I think mostly with this scene is how it relates to the rest of the episode as far as David, dependability, responsibility, and things like that because of what we find out in a few minutes. Someone who's been married has to be a more responsible human, right? You're, you're responsible not only for yourself and you're responsible for somebody else. So I think it all kind of ties together as far as like he's acting like, you know, irresponsible David, who a person you can't depend on, but is he? Can he? Is well, there a different side of him? No, no. Well, as he says later, I think he is dependable because he said they had to get married because she got pregnant. So yep. I think he learned a bit of responsibility at a young age. 
Yeah, but obviously he was hurt. Yeah, if that hadn't happened, if he had stayed married, he might be a different person, right? He's single now, so he's just living a life, you know? Um, I think that's another reason, you know, of course, we're going to analyze why Maddie goes to New York and all that stuff. But like, one reason might be like, gosh, I'm just seeing him as like, not dependable all of the time and all that stuff. But he married somebody. He was like, it's part of David she never knew, you know? Yeah. And is that the reason David moved all across the country to come to live in LA? Because Probably. because he was well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but he, he was very hurt by what happened. So maybe yeah. he wanted to get out of New York and come to LA yeah. and meet Maddie. And then he met Jillian. Oh, that's right. <laughs> then he had another bad relationship. But anyway, interesting conversation, interesting setup to the rest of the episode. More insight to their relationship, their characters. Yeah. He just leaves her office and leaves her there with a big sigh with her contemplating yeah. their discussion. That's it. I don't know. I get the sense the look on her face was a little bit like, mm, I don't know if it's the best way to say it, but just disappointed in that whole conversation. It didn't go as she had expected it to end, you know. Yeah, I'm just walking away. She seems a little disappointed all the way around, I guess with that last look. All right. So next scene, um, we see David in his office. Um, he's looking pretty hurt, looking pretty beat up, looking pretty <laughs> drained. Pretty sad. Tired. Got a lot going on there. And Maddie comes in. Notice the lighting. Yes. And can't see Maddie's face at all. No. He doesn't even turn around and he knows that she's just about to turn the light on. That's interesting. And this is obviously later on in the evening. And yes. she's just come in to say she's spoken to Mrs. Kendrick and she's decided to give them another chance and they're meeting her in the morning. Yep. So David's sitting there quite somber and he says he can't go tomorrow because he has to go to New York. She's still a little bit angry with him and she says, I don't remember giving you a day off to go to New York. <laughs> and this is where we get a big bombshell. Shauna and I would love you to come and join our Moonlighting community. You can follow our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at moon underscore podcast 85, as well as our YouTube channel. You can also join our Moonlighting the Podcast Facebook group where we talk about everything Moonlighting. What could be better than that? Yeah, so yeah, this, this conversation. So he says he's going to New York. And she kind of keeps, you know, kind of makes light of it. And they kind of wind the conversation around that it's for a funeral. And then, of course, her attitude changes, right? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, who is this person? And, you know, a friend, oh, you know, close friend, oh, you know, haven't seen him for nine years, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she kind of keeps trying to talk him out of going. Like, I don't mean to seem callous, but I think you could get away with a nice wreath, you know? And like, she, she kind of says two, three or four times, why do you need to go? Not not why do you need to go? But like, I don't think you need to go. You know, yeah. she kind of keeps trying to talk him out of going. She's asking him his questions and, you know, he hasn't seen him in nine years. So it's like, why do you feel the obligation to go all the way across the country to, to go to the funeral? But would it be that hard to understand if he was even a good friend, you know, from like college days or something like that? Um, it's a young guy who suddenly died. You know, he said uh, crashed his car on the uh, Jersey Turnpike today, which is part of the freeway in New Jersey, from New Jersey to New York. I guess I'm, I was a little confused. Like why? Yeah, of course. Like your friend died. Yeah, of course. Go like get on the next plane. I, I don't know. Just her trying to talk about it. Like, I don't think you really need to go. I don't think you really need to, you know, it's like, well, that Maddie, 
I think you can get away with like sending a wreath. I don't mean to be mean, but I think that's a true Maddie response. Like um, in the way being a little bit cold? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that I think that's true to her character. She's not she's not being nasty, but she truly believes. Look, if you haven't seen this person in so long, just send a nice wreath. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, does she want to keep him there with her subliminally, well, <laughs> subconsciously? Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the first time. Um, I mean, she ran off to Buenos Aires, um, but it's like David hasn't run off anywhere as of yet. So yeah, maybe she's just used to him being in um, in LA. Well, he went underground, but that's that's all he's that's done. True. Well, maybe she has some PTSD that oh, David can't leave again. <laughs> yeah, it's all right for her to bloody nick off. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, you know. So anyway, she says to some guy that you haven't seen in a decade. It's not just some guy, Maddie. And we wind to it, Grace, to the bomb, to the bomb, to the bomb. Yeah, David feels he has an obligation for some guy you haven't seen in a decade. He's more than just a guy, Maddie. He's more than my friend. I was sort of married to him. No, I was sort of related to him. <laughs> married, married to him. Married to him. Yeah, okay. Wow. That that that's really okay. I was sort of related to him for a while. I was sort of married to his sister. Ooh, my gosh. Wow. I got like chill. End, end scene. Cut. That was good. They were out on that. That definitely left the audience. You know, imagine going into commercial. On that one, you're like, what? What? And you don't see Maddie's response or anything. Yeah. They just cut in scene. That's it. That was a great way to go to commercial break. That was great. I mean, wow, what a game changer. I mean, this is such a shift, you know, from what we all thought we knew about David. And Maddie gets to that in the next scene. We never saw David Addison as like a married guy. So it's definitely like changes the perspective of his character, don't you think? Who would have thunk it? No, wouldn't have thunk it. I think, you know what, it sort of explains David Addison now. Yeah. He's got that tough exterior, macho, but deep down he's got a little bit of pain that he hasn't actually dealt with. Yeah. It's an interesting turn of events and some interesting information from his past that possibly explains a little bit about how he is now. He's got a little bit of hurt um, and not even, you know, because we learned a little bit more, not even from just the marriage that she cheated, that they divorced, but also the loss of the baby. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And boy, does that come up again. But we won't go there yet. Yeah. I like to repeat themes here in Moonlighting. Yes. All right. So we come back from commercial break and um, Maddie is in her office deep in thought. She can't believe what she has just heard. Mm, And Agnes knocks on the door and walks in. She offers her a sandwich. But it's interesting. Agnes is way in the dark. The main officer Blue Moon is all cool colors, and then your mm-hmm. camera turns and Maddie's in these warm colors. Mm-hmm, Complete mm-hmm. contrast. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, so I'm guessing after David left, David probably left pretty quickly after this conversation, and that was already must have been like evening, almost evening-ish, maybe towards the end of the day, maybe four thirty, four four thirty, and then Maddie must have just gone in her office and kind of sat there and like must have just sat and contemplated for a while, maybe a couple hours, right? Because the pesto's like. You want me to get you a sandwich or, you know, and, and within the conversation, Maddie's like, uh, traffic must've died down by now. Right. must've been like seven or eight. I'm guessing. Well, it was already dark when she went into David's office. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe eight or nine o'clock for it to be the traffic to die down, but does traffic actually die down in Los Angeles on those freeways? 
Good point. Um, you think you know somebody. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, and Agnes goes. He's gay, isn't he, Mr. Addison? <laughs> Mr. Addison's been married. Has he? Wow, that's better than gay. Gosh, somewhere in the world there's a Mrs. Mr. Addison. Yeah. No, a former Mrs. Mr. Addison. <laughs> Yeah, she was adamant on that one, wasn't she? Very former. Yeah, yeah. She's like, no, because yeah, she kind of agrees to it for a minute. And she's like, no. But yeah, Agnes's reaction is funny because I think you know when Maddie says, "You think you know a person? You think there's nothing that anyone could tell you about that person that would surprise you and stuff like that?" And Agnes is like, "What, Mr. Addison?" I think the reason they chose like he's gay, isn't he? Is because like you know that would be the one thing that would really surprise you about him. No, he's you know he's like all about women. No, he's gay. What? Well, you know. But yeah. I also thought was it a reference to the tabloids? Didn't the tabloids say at one time they thought he was gay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that came up a lot on tabloids. So it could be yeah, it could definitely be kind of like an answer to that as well. There's some other episodes that kind of touch on that. You know, I just think yeah, those two things. Like, um, what would really surprise you about David if he was gay? And then maybe like that he'd been married before. That would definitely be a shock for sure. You know, but yeah, those two things. That would be like one of the most shocking things that you could hear about him. I love that that's like one of the first things that comes to Agnes's mind. I just love these scenes between, I say it all the time, but I love the scenes with Agnes and Maddie, Mm -hmm. even though there's a few cuts there with a body double. But that's the other thing I wanted to say. The body double, when they're talking about the funeral in David's Mm -hmm. office, it's just wrong. As I've said before, it's a different, the dress is not even sitting the same on her and her posture's different. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, doesn't yes. matter. Okay. So Maddie says, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for him to bring the wedding pictures in. And then they both look at each other and realize, you know, they need to go into his office and do a little research. <laughs> but why would they think that David had his wedding photos from 10 years ago in his office? Well, it might not even be the wedding photos. They think that he might have a picture of her in there in his drawers or something. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I guess they were like grasping at something, but it's yeah. funny. Yeah. They just like throw everything down and both race in there. Like maybe they can find some, some goss on David, a photo or something. I don't know what, why he'd have any of that at blue moon, but you know, they should have gone over to his house and like broken in and gone through his things. <laughs> oh, he does it to her. So she should have gone to his house and done the same thing. As they run through, they make a lot of noise when they open the doors. So yeah. I've counted that as two door slams because they slam them both open. Okay. Yeah, we're up to five door slams. Mm. And when uh, Sybil's running through the office, um, she has her heels on. But once they break through and start filming inside David's office, she's got sneakers on. Yes. You see them for a split second, but you see them. Yes, the other do. thing I noticed too, that when Agnes walked into Maddie's office, as I said, the, the main office was dark, but when they run through, it's lit. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Can I ask before we move on, um, what do you think of uh, Sybil's look? I like the dress. What do you think of the hair in this episode? We've kind of gone backwards a little bit to that helmet for most of the episode. Not all. You know me. You notice her hair more than I do, but I thought her hair was okay. A bit curly. You don't like it? Um, it's just kind of a little bit back to that, like yours, very deadly helmet head. All oh, right. Yep. I liked it in all, in all creatures, you know, 
the very last scene on the airplane, she has it smooth again. So yeah, I just don't know why they had to do that like helmety hair, that big curly. Personally, I know Sybil, she's gorgeous. You know, she was only 35 at the time and all that stuff. To me, it, it like it ages her look. The hair in this episode ages her look. And well, actually in the um, in the dance sequence, her hair is flat as well. Yeah, so anyway. It's beautiful like that. It's more flattering. That's what I'm saying. I just don't do like think- it. Do you think maybe she liked it really big and curly? I think they just had to spray it in place maybe and it didn't need so much attention. Yeah, during the day. They didn't have to touch it up. Yeah, spray it in place. But anyway, okay, now we're back in David's office and, they, and they're like rifling through his drawers and they find a bunch of smut. There's smut. nothing here but junk and smut. Junk and smut, that's right. But yeah. I just love how Agnes puts on David's Groucho Marx glasses. I know. I like that too. There's another reference. You're right. Yeah, so I don't think we ever see the Groucho Marx glasses again. No. Maddie finds a magazine and Agnes says, don't worry, he only buys those for the articles. And then Maddie finds a magnifying glass and says, and I suppose this is for the fine print. (laughs) (laughs) This scene ends pretty abruptly too. It's um, Maddie just says, besides, I don't even care what she looks like, which is a lot of bullshit, sorry, because you're going to fly right across the country to find out what she looks like. And she just says to Agnes, it's late. You really should go home. Yeah. I like how Agnes stays behind with Maddie. If Maddie stays behind, she'll stay behind as well. I was thinking that too, that she obviously had been waiting for Maddie to come out of the office. Yeah. Uh, She probably sensed something was going on because, um, well, they they all heard the fight. David's in his office and then um, David left abruptly. Plus what happened when they arrived in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And Agnes usually makes their flight reservations in hotels and things like that. She probably yeah, knew something more had happened and uh, kind of was maybe even curious, you know, maybe wanted to go in and find out like, what was that all about? Why did David leave? What was that whole thing in his office? Yeah. Did we mention the magazines that he had in his office? Muscle. Muscle. Yeah. Mystique. I didn't see like the typical like Playboy or something, you know, Hustler. I didn't see that, but um. You kind of see a girl's figure, but anyway, is that what David's into? <laughs> Amazing she didn't pick up his binoculars. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay, we're up to um, Maddie in the bathtub. This scene um, apparently was shot on stage 11, and mm-hmm. imagine the setup of this scene. I know it's only a little area, but it only goes for 20 seconds. <laughs> I know. And they have all these candles and yeah. bubble baths, wine. She looks beautiful and she's just talking to herself. Mrs. Mr. Addison, the former Mrs. Mr. Addison, David, mm-hmm. married. Mrs. Mr. Addison, the former Mrs. Mr. Addison, David, married. And that's yeah. It's really on her mind. I know. She looks beautiful in the bath, nice candles. Do you think this is a typical night for Maddie? Is this how Maddie usually ends her day? Bubble bath, glass of wine? Well, she has mentioned it before in several other episodes, so I think she does. Probably sit in the bath with some wine. She likes her wine, doesn't she, Shauna? She does. I think David mentions that in Color of Maddie, like home, you know, have a little bite to eat. Glass of wine, bubble bath, doesn't he say? Like all that when he's like trying to prove how well he knows her. And look at like, you know what I love about Maddie right here? She is talking about like self-care, you know, like she's 
taking time to relax, like light all those candles, you know, have a moment and drink her wine, kind of contemplate. Definitely David's on her mind. She's got her hair up. Yeah, you're right about the self-care. She does look after herself. So. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the very unsexy pajamas. Those are the pajamas she's wearing in Sam and Dave when Sam comes back. <laughs> That's a nice little quick scene of um, showing Maddie at home, which we don't see a lot of. Her just relaxing in the bath and thinking about David. My gosh, she's like contemplating that bombshell. Now, when she walks out of the bathroom and she's holding her glass of wine, she's in her pajamas, she goes to touch the light switch. Yes. <laughs> Do you think the light turns off like slightly before? Absolutely. Okay. I've watched it three times this week and yeah. I only just noticed it. So it's not something I've noticed before, but um, yeah, I thought, oh, that light went off beforehand. Okay. Yeah. They definitely turned off the light a little too quick. And Maddie, yeah. She's got a glass of wine in hand and she's headed to bed, probably 9, 9.30. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, like she says it in the next murder you hear, that she has to be in bed by 9.30. <laughs> Addison, we've been over this before. You know I have to be at home alone in bed by 9.30. <laughs> Grace, right now, and we really do need to start keeping track of a timeline here. Yeah. Because... <laughs> The timeline of her going to New York and being in David's hotel room by the time he gets home from the bar is not quite adding up because it's a five-hour flight and a three-hour time difference already, you know? So we'll talk about that. Uh, so I would say now, okay, so we, we've been like talking about a timeline a little bit. So, you know, obviously it was morning when they met Mrs. Kendrick. They get in their fight. David goes in his office. What time do you think she went into David's office um, and, and learned that he's been married? You think that was like, Towards the end of the day, like four or five, like she wanted to catch him before he left at the end of the day. Well, it's already dark. So it must have been six or seven, surely. No? Yeah. What time does okay. it get dark over there? You know what time of year is this? This is November. Could Sorry. be dark early. Could be 5.30 or 6, maybe. Let's say 6. Then she goes in her office for two hours at 8. Agnes comes in, right? Because has the traffic died down, right? Yeah. She goes home, you know, probably doesn't take her too long, you know, gets in her bath and stuff like that. So I'd say it's about 9.30 now, don't you think? Yep, I agree. Okay. All right. So Maddie gets in bed. She undoes her hair. She lies back. David, Mary. It's <laughs> crazy. Life, life is funny. Okay. All right. So she lays her head on her arm, basically, and her, and her hand is um, behind her head. And you can see her hand. But then when they, they switch to like the over shot, you know, so they can like pan in and go into her dream. Yes. And her hand isn't there anymore. Yeah, it's completely different. Even her hair's yeah. a little bit different too. They must have had to do some kind of like screen or something, right? To like kind of push in like that. I wonder how they did that. Yeah, an overhead camera. And then they kind of superimpose the image of David and then we go into her dream. So it's kind of like we're pushing into her brain. Yeah, it was a good way to go into the dream sequence. Yep. Thank you for listening to Big Man on Mulberry Street Part 1. Buckle in, Moonlighting fans, because this is going to be a four-parter. So we'll see you next week for Big Man on Mulberry Street, Part 2, for this highly anticipated discussion on the dance sequence. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to, to Moonlighting, Moonlighting the Podcast. Podcast. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.